this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I talk about the Hardy Boys being reunited in AEW. What a twist of fate. Plus, we have William Regal's value to the company in AEW, Inner Circle is no more, Swerve Strickland debuts against Tony Nese, Scorpio Sky is the new TNT champion, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker in a steel cage, FTR fires Tully Blanchard is what that means for both parties. Wardlow's babyface promo. Paige Van Zant signs on the dotted line in AEW. Ric Flair would love to manage Cesaro in AEW. Eric Bischoff talks Tony Khan buying ROH. Sting going high risk at Revolution. And oh, we got so, so much more. This week on 2, 2, I am saying it. Who, 2, Dynamite Dudes on a rampage. Yeah. Could you believe it? 86 of two. Two. I'm saying it. Two. Got my dudes on a rampage. And I'm here with my degenerate brother, Marcus D'Angelo of adfreeshows.com. Holy cats. Marcus, is this five weeks in a row for you? Is this, this is unbelievable. I think it is. I think it is, Dominic. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty wild. Glad to be here, as always. Um, and uh, I can't believe we've done this. 80, what did you say? 86? 87? 86 episodes in total right now unbelievable unbelievable man. steven chambers what's up man um yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy can't believe this i know and hey we got a good 86 episode happening here plenty to talk about uh, first i do have to touch upon uh the particular hat you're wearing uh there has happens to be a little bit of What's going on there? Amari Cooper just traded for peanuts, basically, huh? Yeah, well, it was a it was a salary cap move, so I think that the Cowboys would have taken essentially anything, um, because uh, they were they were getting ready to, to release him. So, yeah. so hey, they're saving money. Sounds like they might try to make a move on Bobby Wagner. So we'll see what happens. I'm hoping my Jets get Bobby Wagner. I I think that would be the first new Jets jersey I buy is a Bobby Wagner if that happens. I would guess that they've got the cap space. But oh, they they got plenty of it. Yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised uh, that he went that low initially, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, it sort of makes sense. Sort of makes sense. Yeah, uh, Stephen says uh, Javon Landry is seeking a trade too from the Browns. I thought they were going to release him too or something. What's his name? Javon Landry, right? As I don't think that's his first name. What's uh the 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 receiver from the Browns? Yeah, I don't know. Is Jarvis? It is it Jarvis? Jarvis, Jarvis, Jarvis. Jarvis. That's it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's kind of a dumb, kind of a dumb move by Jarvis Landry, don't you think? Like, why not? Wait, like, if, if you've got Amari Cooper on one side, that means that they're probably going to be doubling him or the, the safety is going to move over toward his side of the field, which could, in theory, make you look like you're really good at football. I think, uh, Cowgirls do not suck. I mean, Jarvis. Cowboys. <laughs> I think Jarvis might uh, be aware of Baker's uh, inability to play football. He's and Baker's not good at the football. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, but Dominic, this is not a football. No, podcast. this is not a football podcast. 
This is an AEW Dynamite show, and uh, what a lineup we have tonight, Marcus. This is like we got a lot of touch, a lot to touch upon, and I figured the first, very first item we would talk about, touch upon, is about brothers, not us, but heck, arguably the greatest tag team of all time, the Hardy Boys, have returned to wrestling, and they have reunited in AEW. Uh, Marcus, what do you think about this? How does this kind of shake up the landscape uh, for wrestling right now? Well, uh, another quarter hour just got consumed. Um, but, but, but no, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Um, you know, if, if you were going to go out and get a guy, uh, as AEW, aside from Cesaro, in my opinion, um, Jeff Hardy's the guy he's, he's 100% the right choice. You know, it's, you think of all the possibilities, obviously what we're building toward, and I've said this, what, what the, the thing that fans all think of all at once is, uh, the young bucks and the Hardy boys, and it's going to happen. We'll see it. Um, but I think, Dom, that uh, on the way we're going to get a lot of fun combinations, and uh, the, the, I think that the Hardy Boys are going to raise the tide for the tag team division in total. And by the way, Dominic, I don't think we're just going to get a Young Bucks match. I think that the Young Bucks, like all of us, were really big fans at, in and around 2000, 2001, when all this ladder match stuff was going on. So that's what I'm picturing a, a giant blow off at the end of this being between the Hardys and the Young Bucks, which, by the way, I don't think has ever happened. I know they've wrestled before. I don't think that they've had like a TLC type match. Um, and I'd be willing to bet that we're going to get one. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be have to be on the card at some point, right? I mean, and you look, yeah, uh, the Young Bucks have been cruising as very, very good heels on a good heel run. And, um, you know, uh, Jeff making that return, that reaction he got was unbelievable. Oh not, my gosh. not unbelievable from the standpoint as you can't believe Jeff would get that reaction. But just like, bam, that's that's the kind of pop you want to get if you from a live wrestling crowd. And I think that really speaks to uh, Jeff's star power, level of star power. And, um, you know, Matt, his brother talked about that on the Matt Hardy podcast, The Extreme Life. Uh, check that out to you on Podcast Heat, by the way. But... He talked about that and how his brother is like this. He knows. He's aware of Jeff's ability to be the star. And when you pack that punch of Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy together, there is that there is that next level thing where it's up to the level. Uh, like the, the Hardy boys, you really look at it. The Hardy boys are very much up to that level of near the Steve Austins and the Rocks if you put them together. It's like they pack that kind of big of a punch where that's a tag team that fans immediately react to and go for it. So I think a lot, it cannot be understated how valuable I think Jeff Hardy is to all the wrestling right now, because I mean, heck you can have the Hardy boys go on that big tag team run and win those titles and establish your tag team division further. But also there's legs in those guys being top single stars again, I think too, at some point, if they really want to go that route. I mean, if you do it right, you, I mean, obviously I, I don't see them, them working for this longer. Maybe they do, but if you do it right, I mean, that's a, that's a 10 year run <laughs> with both of them. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, uh, who said it? Jay just said it. Nostalgia sells even in AEW. Dom, if you think about the demographic that we're trying to grab here, um, it's uh, again, 18 to 49, right? That's, yeah. that's the demographic that they're shooting for. Well, guess what? I it fall in that demographic. So do you. So do a lot of people from our generation who were 12, 13, 14 years old when the Hardy Boys were having those crazy TLC matches. And now, like, it, I, I get excited at the prospect of seeing a TLC match with the Hardy Boys. I get excited at the prospect of having the Hardy Boys in AEW. 
Um, so it's really cool. Um, and I mean, you're right. You think about the tag team combinations, but then, you know, you've got Jeff in singles competition. You've got a revitalized Matt in singles comp- competition. It's, uh, it's fun. It's really fun. And, uh, I'm, I'm happy that they're there. Think about the uh, merchandising opportunities as well for yeah. AEW. By the way, they got the Hardy Boys music. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he paid for the Hardy Boys music. Um, now, like it, it's brand identity, so it's brand identity in in the look, but then also the music, iconic music, and we're talking T-shirts, we're talking action figures, we're talking the Hardy Boys on a video game, we're talking that you could get modern day Hardy Boys and throwback Hardy Boys on a video game now it's, with yeah, AEW. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a huge huge opportunity. Yeah, Mark, and I I really want to hammer home the point. Uh, Jeff's fan base, they're like... Rabid. Rabid. Yeah, that's the exact word I was looking for. It's a rabid fan base for him. And so, like, you get that groundswell following in that group. Because I kept saying this, too. If they were in... When they returned to WWE, they should have put Jeff Hardy at some point in the world title position again. Because he was, back in 09 and everything like that, he was right in the thick of their top babyface star. Him and John Cena were the, his top, the top two babyface. Dom and uh, Ric Flair just said it. Uh, well, he said it on a. It was on his latest podcast, but it was a best of podcast. So it was something that he said. I, th- I think a few years ago, um, he compared Jeff Hardy to like Sting, Ricky Steamboat, with the way that he connects with the audience and gets over and his ability to sell too. He's a great seller. He's he's got Ricky Morton. He's got Sting in him. He's he has all of it. And by the way, uh, like Sting, Darby Allen. Hardy Boys, that's fun. That's a fun little group, is it not? Heck yeah, it is. Like it's, and it's we're gonna see colliding. We're gonna see Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen. Uh, we're gonna see Matt Hardy probably in in the Hardy Boys against Sting and and Darby Allen. We might see them as a group for a while. It's man, we got we got a lot of fun fun opportunities. Um, uh, Nesha said Hardys must own their music. No, I think it was. Uh, no, I think it's public domain music now, right? Public or no. domain, or it wasn't a WWE licensed theme. Right, and surprisingly, I, think was, I thought it was. I thought it was a Jim Johnston classic. That's what I thought it was. I know that I was reading about it, and I know that it's made appearances on some TV shows and in some movies and like club scenes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. but so I think that it. I I assume that Jim Johnston wrote it, like he did everything, but apparently not. And uh, I uh, WWE allowed the uh, whatever it is, the uh, the license or whatever to expire on it. And uh, next thing you know, it's out there. Uh, rumor has it that uh, that he Tony Khan purchased actually quite a few old WWE themes that were in the same vein um because they were out there so he's like well purchase the rights to them one of them that i heard about was uh hardcore hollies i was gonna say that marcus because you know what you you make a great point that the hardy boys is themed i heard that on different like shows i remember or commercials or promotions and that was another theme i heard was hardcore hollies theme like not just on we so i could very much imagine that happening and why not why not use it i'm not saying bringing hardcore holly for a run but uh, it's a, I wouldn't hate it if they did. By the way, I love Hardcore Holly. Yeah, heck, you and can use and it. by the way, he's still in fantastic shape. You could use that for any kind of like legacy WWE star that was in the Hardcore division, basically. Like fucking Steve sure. Blackman comes back, <laughs> just pop that baby in. I think it's just a good thing to have. <laughs> yeah, in general. <laughs> yeah. No man, and, absolutely. And I don't think that Hardcore Holly's under a Legends agreement. So let's say that uh, that uh, he wanted to put him on the video game. You just pay Bob Holly. And you've already got his music. You can use his likeness. 
You can have him show up for one shot, like Nick Gage style. Sure. If you want it. Sure. You know, that's this. No, I mean, to, I think the acquisition of music is very important. And that's playing into, like, look at what they did at um, Revolution with Punk and his uh, old theme that, that they used in ROH and everything like that. Really harking back to everything. And, um, really played into uh cm punk redefining himself a little bit again too and in, in AEW. so dude i'm pumped i think the hardys like seeing them back together like that it it scratches that nostalgia itch big time like especially for what you're talking about our demographic and our fan base dude we're right in the thick of the hardy boys being that edgy young cool tag team that was like ass kicking and unique so i mean yeah and you know it's the really uh as i've been saying it's the blow off is the young bucks really the way to go about it too is like to have the hardys kind of have their number for a while and then in the big blow off tlc match you indoctrinate you know you kind of christen the the young bucks is the new tag team of of the future i think most people already view them in that light but having them get put over by the hardy boys in the hardy boys style match down the road i mean you got something there not to mention dom christian is still around I know. I was thinking about that too because it was um, after Jeff debuted on Dynamite. I think the next segment Christian was in. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like <laughs> so uh, again, more possibilities. You stick Christian with a tag team partner. Well, let's let's get Edge. Oh man, boy, that would be something. <laughs> that would be something. Jeez, I know that would be pretty damn wild. Uh, Benjamin A. Jones is saying they need the Dudley boys now. Dumb. Well, unfortunately, I think Dudley is unable to. Devon is unable to compete. I, I think he might be done so like in the ring, basically. Yes, I've so. also heard that. Also, I don't know I don't know what Bully is thinking or if he if he's interested in continuing to be in the ring. Yeah, and that should just said Devon is retired. retired. That's what I thought. Um too. yeah. I don't know. What's what's uh what's the little guy doing? What's his name? Brother Run. Spike. Spike. <laughs> Brother Run. You went with Brother Run over Spike. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dude, I love um, Spike Dudley, though. I fucking yeah, love awesome. Spike Dudley. Um, Bump-taking bump son of a bitch. Nesha, to your point, um, Jeff did miss Matt, and Matt was talking about how ecstatic Jeff was, like, to be back in the thick of, you know, a kind of pro wrestling environment in comparison to what WWE has presented as him, like, recently. So, yeah, that's definitely, definitely. And you can see that on the air, too. He was jacked. He was jacked up. Oh, I'm sure they were pumped up. I mean, how how great would it be to have your brother show up on on TV and not now all of a sudden you're with him and you guys are going to be working together again? It's just like old times. It's fun. Absolutely, Marcus. Uh, I'm going to kind of jump around here a little bit. Let's jump around. Let's jump around. Jump around. Jump to jump to get down. Nesha's right. saying Spike. I prefer Brother Run. Like Brother uh, Run. You. That's I don't. I don't. I don't know that I've ever seen him work his Brother Run. I know that he got like flung into the crowd by I want to say Abyss. Or something in TNA. Oh wow. Well, you're really setting me up here because speaking of getting flung around, Keith Lee flinging QT Marshall and the the factory around on, on Rampage last night. And the reason I would transitioned over to this one was because we were talking about Jeff Hardy's reaction. Keith Lee got a big time reaction too on Rampage. It was like that crowd was electric for him. Um and now he's going into a feud with um Team Taz, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs. And I think this is a good start for him. Um, overall, I just we'll go from this route. How do you think the presentation has been of Keith Lee uh, so far? I know it's kind of still early in the run here, obviously, but so far, how would you? What would you grade it? 
I'd give it a solid B. Um, I think uh, like he catches my attention. I watch what he does every time he goes out just because he's such a big dude, but he's so athletic. He's so good at moving around. Uh, he's very light on his feet. Um, very Bam Bam Bigelow in his prime-esque. That's what he reminds me of. Maybe a little bit of Vader in there too. Um, I really, really like how how athletic he is for, for a man his size. And uh, I, the only criticism I have is what are we doing with him? Uh, where are we going with him? You know, it's I, I would like to see a clear cut storyline. I'd like to see a clear cut like he hates these people and he's coming after this guy. I mean, that's kind of what we're getting with QT Marshall. But let me tell you, that doesn't exactly turn the dials. Nothing against QT Marshall. I'm sure he's a wonderful person. Seems like a really great worker. Very. Oh, like, I mean, if you get to watch that Rampage match, he did an amazing job at like getting every time uh, I've seen him work. Know. I'm like, he's he's a really good worker. Um but you know, it's uh, I'd like to see him in a in a in a program that you know kind of befitting somebody of his skill level. Well, I think Team Taz is a good start because Ricky starts playing a great heel form, and then uh, Powerhouse Hobbs too, just showing up and he suplexed uh, Ali at the end of that match. So it was really good, really good setup for them. I think that it's going to be on the right track. I would like to see that get positioned. In a, in a pretty good spot here on Dynamite, which always speaks. We're going to touch, as always we do on the week, we're going to touch upon the roster size here again here in a little bit. But I um, want yes. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Steven agreeing with me. Yeah, it reminds me of Bam Bam Bigelow. Lee and Hobbs, I mean, that's a that's a fun combination right there. Yes. Two big old, two big old hosses. Oh, yeah, that'll be a real good one. And I would, I'm, I'm excited to see that. I, honestly, Brian Cage, when he comes back, that's another big old, big old hoss of a man. Yeah. Uh, would love to see him programmed with him. So, uh, yeah, fun, fun stuff. Mortis, maybe, though, you mean, right? It should be Mortis. Should, should be, be Mortis. Mortis. At the very least, Mortis should be like his alter ego that he breaks out. For I would like matches. that. I would like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus, somebody, another pleasant surprise that we received at AEW Revolution. Was the man himself, William Regal? Popped Love up, got the got the big pop. Uh, United, Marcus. We talked about it the week before on our preview show. Uh, Moxley and Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson were at odds, and I thought Brian Danielson was going to be full fledged heel moving forward. Here doesn't look that way anymore. We got like a a unique uh, dynamic of a tag team kick in here with Moxley and Danielson. Um, and then you have William Regal uh, being their unofficial mouthpiece, but still there as as the as the guy talking there, for, especially on on Dynamite. So, um, how did you think what Regal did? Like, what did you feel about that whole big promo? Because there's a lot to take away from that. I thought. Well, first of all, Nathan, thank you for uh, for the kind words. Uh, we love doing it on uh, this podcast on WrestleZone. So, uh, oh, yes. so yeah, we're we're happy to be here. Um, yeah, well. Um, I, I, I love what they're doing with him. I think that it's a natural combination. Stick him with, uh, with Brian Danielson, um, and, uh, and John Moxley, but no, it's, I mean, he comes out, he's a, he's a good promo. Um, it's very confident in front of the crowd, uh, as always. And, you know, it's, if you guys haven't seen a lot of what he was doing in WCW, like 95, 96, 97, um, one of the best techni- technicians in the world. It continued to be when he went to WWE. Um, even even when he was like winning King of the Ring there and stuff like that. Later years, King Regal, um, just like so technically sound, uh, very much like Brian Danielson. 
uh, in, a, in a lot of respects. Um, so yeah, it's a huge addition, not just as a personality on screen. Really, I, th I think that one of the biggest benefits he's going to provide is knowledge backstage to some of the younger guys. You know, when a guy like that comes around, you keep your mouth shut, ears open, because uh, let me tell you, there is there is a lot. Even even a guy like Brian Danielson, I think there's a lot that he could learn from a guy like William Regal to continue to polish his game. So uh, huge addition, huge addition for for AEW. I mean, you look at it too. I mean, uh, yeah, he is like he is somebody that everybody should open their ears to, and like, yeah, it was kind of funny because William Regal went on uh, social media after Dynamite and apologized to the locker room for taking up too much of the time, like in, in stepping. In. I thought it was a cool thing to do, but who was complaining about William Regal? <laughs> Nobody, I would think. No, you know? and it's uh, he's a, he's a gentleman, the gentleman yes. villain, um, but. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I I thought the same thing. Like, well, it's unnecessary, but it's it's part of him. It's part of the Being old wrestling, pro. right? You know, you walk in, you shake hands with everybody in the locker room, make eye contact. Um, it's he's a pro. Um, so huge addition, massive addition to AEW. Uh, tons and tons of value in Regal. So I'm glad that AEW got them. I I mean, you know, the kind of talent, people, minds that they're bringing in, it's the 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 tides raising. It's setting it up. It's really setting it up because, like, you kind of, you know, there's there was always the pushback about like, hey, is AEW getting too uh, focused on like moves and like, you know, uh, getting getting the high flying spots over and not really focusing on storytelling. You got you get core people in there like a William Regal and stuff like that, and that's another like like Jr. in his own regard. They're the checks to the balances in a lot of way where it kind of keeps keeps the world in balance. And, um, you know, uh, I think to kind of venture too into the more of what Regal said, um, you know, he Regal talked about like kind of what you were saying, Marcus, like that Brian Danielson was the wrestler that he wanted. He was could have been, but he doesn't have any of uh, any Danielson doesn't have any of the Regal's vices that he had back earlier in the day. And, you know, and so um, I thought that was a really unique and, and true to life setup. For, for like what they're going to build with these guys, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, happy to see Regal there. Uh, Dom Jay is saying Adam Cole getting a title shot on pay-per-view before Punker Brian doesn't feel right to, to him. What do you think? You know, I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week too. Um, like Cole did not have a, a really good opportunity to get pushed to that level. So quick. like, they shoved him up there after he was, you know, lost in the elite mix for a little bit. So um, I'm okay with Punk not getting a shot, but Brian did get a pay-per-view shot, you know, uh, just not on pay-per-view. But I just, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you in a little bit of that way because, you know, I think Cole, his character and identity needed more build up to that level where, like, you more hype. It needed more hype behind it. I think I think you you know what he what Tony Khan is doing is wise. I think the impulse right out of the gate is like, well, he's a huge star. We we got to put him in the main event. We should probably think about putting the title on. Got to do this. Got to do. Nope. Take your time. Build up to it. You know they're presenting value just by their simple presence. Um, so the, it just it, literally just them appearing on the program provides value. They don't need the belt at least not yet. Um, just keep, keep, I don't think there. Cole needs the belt necessarily, but I, I would have argued that, um, you know, when he returned at all out or when he debuted at all out, 
um, that reaction was huge. And he still got a huge reaction. Don't get me wrong. I, and, be, and by the way, let me let me j- just finish. I'm not saying that Cole it does not fall into that same category. He does. But I think that, you know, when you've got three talents like Punk, uh, Brian Danielson, Cole there, it's like, okay, well, kind of want to save this person, kind of want to save sure. this person. Cole is still awesome. Let's put him in the main event so we can still have some fun uh it, it, with these with these incredible combinations but you know let's let's not let's not spoil the the whole party just yet now do you think um continuing this feud here because it appears that's the route they're going is continuing the feud between hangman and cole is that a good move right now uh i kind of think in a way it is i just want to give it a little bit more time to breathe you know what i mean because you know he lost to, to Hangman at Revolution. And now they're doing the triple tag coming up here, which we can touch upon here in a second. But um, I think if they were to just do it and then move off from it, it would have less of an of value. You know what I mean? If they just jumped away from it real quickly too. So Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with Steven here. Fine with a rematch, Cole and Hangman, which is clearly what they're they're working toward. They're gonna do the um, the six man tag and you know Cole's team is gonna go over. That's just they're going to. So uh, that's that's. And then, by the way, it's a good thing. I think that you need to kind of keep Cole's name hot and show that he can he can hang in there uh, with with the big dog, so to speak. Um, but I think that it'll you know, he'll get a win and then he'll start talking shit. And he might even pin Hangman Page and then say, like, hey, I, I, I beat you. I prove that I can beat you. I deserve another title shot. And then you get the blow off match, which, yeah. by the way. I think, excuse me, I think Paige needs to go over in the blow-off um, so that you can put the strap on MJF next, which is really the direction they should be moving in. Yeah. Um, you Would it, Would you kind of get Hangman some more title wins, though, like against some like big names um, in between then? Well, it depends. Um, because as, as you and I talked about last week, Dom, um, it's whenever I, I tune into AEW Dynamite, I'm not thinking about Hangman Page being their champion. I'm thinking, what's what's Punk going to do tonight? Oh, I wonder if MJF's going to have a promo. When's Thunder Rosa coming out? I think about that kind of thing, um, and I'm not really focused on their World Heavyweight Champion, and that's not a good thing. I should be I should be wondering when Hangman Page is coming out. I should be ready to get up out of my seat every time he, you know that music hits, and I'm not. And it's because they're not giving him these juicy sink your teeth into these storylines like they're they're doing with with CM Punk um, or Brian Danielson uh, or to, to name some other people on the roster. They're not giving him the big juicy meaty storylines. So like uh, if the, if they continue trending in that direction, I would say, uh, hey, we tried it. Let's get the belt off of him. Um, if if we can get him into a program that's really exciting. Uh, then yep, let's 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 continue on because as I've been saying, he's very Barry Wyndham. He's got all the potential in the world. He's naturally gifted athlete. Uh, really want to see uh, what what he's capable of, but I'm not interested unless you make me interested. Yeah, I think there's some certainly some things you can can do to help perpetuate that identity further of him, like we talked about. Um, and yeah, I think getting him in a program, a big program with a, a name star perhaps that's like really can you know move the needle so to speak i think is important and i think will be valuable to him even if he eventually drops the title of mjf but i would try to get something like that done before you do that um to speak on hangman page too um he had a little dynamic here with uh dark order um uh 
I can't say I was a huge fan of this segment um, where he came in backstage and it just seems shoehorned in, did it not? Like, it was just like, hey, sorry, like, I kind of blew you guys off at the uh, the pay-per-view. Uh, I just wanted to apologize. It just kind of seemed, you know, it's it depends on if they're going to turn. Like, what? I don't know what the deal with Dark Order is right now. Like, you know what I mean? So, um they're they're against him now, and that's what's going to happen. They're going to turn on him in this tag match, and then uh, Adam Cole's going to get the pinfall. But then the question is, all right, what do you do now with the Dark Order? Are they with the Bucks and and those guys? Are they part of that crew now? Don't necessarily want to see that. But then if they're not, it's like, no, we did, we just hate Hangman Page, and now we're heels. Yeah, I'm just I'm curious how they're going to handle it because it just seemed, I don't know. It's like, you know, uh, to. Like, it just seemed like Hangman was kind of, like, if he's friends with those guys, you wouldn't want to see him kind of act that way. But it's also, like, I don't know. It just did not click for me, right? Did it? Let me let me say, Dom, looking at the comments here, Nesha Thunderosa needs to beat Britt. Very excited to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry. What was your question? I said, I said that just that segment and that, that interaction was just, it did not do it for me, really. It just nope. seemed, no. It just no, seemed look, it's, too it's, it's very much in the same vein for me as the whole like, um, uh, Jesus, what's his name, Joey Janela, uh, angle, you know, where he like turned on his tag team partner. It's like, okay, why do I like? I haven't seen him in a while. Why do I give a shit what he's doing? Oh, where he turned on Sunny Kiss? Yes, yes, exactly. So like, I to me, it it felt the same. Where it's like, oh yeah, those guys. Oh, they don't like him now. Okay, yeah, it just seemed like. <laughs> Okay, from Sunday to Wednesday is when this whole situation happened. Because right before that, they were all friends. Mm-hmm. So now this kind of, like, it just seems like it's not, I don't know. I would like to see that if they were going to do something to that effect. Have that gradually, that seed planted earlier on. And then, like, build to that a little bit. But um, Steven and, and Jay nailing it here. If you're going to turn the Dark Order heel, um, I think they need to go full-blown heel. No more of that Johnny Hungy shit. No more uh, Evil Uno tweeting about how he he's co-workers with people. I, yeah. I think that they need to just be full-blown, just heels, um, and and paired with a scary version of Wyndham Rotunda. Um, right. So if that's the direction we're moving in, that's one way that you could take it, and it's a way that would be very interesting and something that would have a lot of people invested. Otherwise, what's the point? No, it's true. I, I just, uh, it doesn't seem like it's, it's a a piece of the puzzle that fits right now into the AEW dynamite products. I think. Um, and if you want to cultivate that, you have to, you have to get some, some changes going. I think it's time for a change with dark order and Marcus. Wow. What a segue. Speaking of changes. Oh, wow. Speaking of changes here, the we winds have change the winds of change and they have happened. The inner circle is no more. It's no more. They gone. We talked about this uh, months and months and everything like that. And now we have the Jericho Appreciation Society with Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and 2.0, and Daniel Garcia. Wait, is that so, the name of them? The Jericho Appreciation Society, yes. Don't like so, that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. Um, I did like the angle, though. That feels a little bit like uh, when, when Matt Cardona and Brian Myers were just like edgeheads. You know? <laughs> 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 sort, of, sort of similar vibes where it's like we all love Chris Jericho so much that we're going to be a faction named after him. What if they all started dressing up as uh, different eras of Jericho? Well, that would be something else. <laughs> that would be, you get Lionheart, 
you get uh wwf debut jericho um you get uh scarf jericho <laughs> the list oh, jericho boy. oh, oh man oh man so no uh i liked the turn um it seemed i wanted a little bit more of a baby face run i think from jericho um but you know him going up against eddie kingston and santana and ortiz i think i think it's a good move though too right you know i think um having them and i think 2.0 is really going to benefit out of this uh pairing with jericho and stuff so i think we're going to get it you know jericho and his classic like heel form in a way but you're also going it's also going to elevate 2.0 i think a little bit too uh I think the idea is that, you know, my my impulse is like, I want to see Jericho as like a standalone baby face, you know, like this, this dude is, is almost like this uh, baby face mercenary, you know, like, yeah, he's old. Yeah, you've got the advantage over him because you're you're young and, and spry. But he's he's got this veteran savvy, you know, uh, I like I think that that's a cool sink your teeth into a type storyline. But I think that they are pairing him with younger, talented, and not that he's not talented, but they're pairing him with these young, talented up and comers because they're bump takers. Sure. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think that that's kind of the 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 thought process behind it. Yeah, I I agree with that, and I think um, I think any you know you look at what Jericho did for somebody like Sammy Guevara, and you look what he did for like a tandem like like Santana Ortiz pairing him up with that. Like I think both Daniel Garcia and 2.0 can really, you know, get a reputation going too behind it. I think it, it's a good, it's a very big plus for them in particular. But I'm kind of with you though, Marcus. Like Jericho's looking fucking great, <laughs> and I tell you what, I would love to see him as like, uh, like we, I, we keep, we've talked about before, like an old Lionheart. Yeah, would have been an awesome. Just get the yellow tights back almost, and that kind of—I think that'd be pretty darn badass. I, I still want that to happen at some point. I hope with the do. with the hair tied on top of his—not necessarily the hair tied, no, but like kidding. the the uh, Mexican CMML CMLL uh, Jericho, just or, Corazon de Leon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Dom Stephen Chambers may it may end up in a War Games match. I like the the War Games or Blood and Guts or whatever they call it in AEW. I think it's cool, so I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Dom, Stephen Chambers making another good point down there. Uh, Garcia needs to be with Mox and Danielson. I wouldn't hate that one little bit. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I, I agree. But I also think that being him, putting him with Jericho in particular is going to help him from a charisma standpoint a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. like, Jericho can really bring that out of person. Like, he helped out with Sammy and get that over furthermore. Just by, like, the nicknames he gave him, Spanish God and everything like that, really putting him over. I think Jericho could do the same for Daniel Garcia. So I hope so. I think Daniel Garcia's got a lot of potential. Yep. Uh, Nesha. I guess we'll go into that next. Nesha, you Nesha. are giving us the segue now. Nesha. Uh, Scorpio Sky as the new TNT champ. That's how the show closed out. I really like this, Marcus. I thought it was the men of the year needed something kicking here. And um, to give Scorpio Sky, somebody that's just been a consistent player since the beginning of AEW, Giving him the belt, even if it might be for a transition to Wardlow, uh, I think is extremely a good move right here. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, I love the idea of uh, him getting a little recognition. He's a super unbelievably talented guy, and w- again, we don't see enough of him. Um, you know, it's the uh, the his storyline so far has been like he's with Ethan Page, and they hang out with MMA people. And when he snaps, the lights go out. 
so that's a cool, it's, that's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool, but it, it, then it's just like, okay, I'll see you in two weeks. Now that you <laughs> yeah. snap, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, no, I'm, I'm I mean, I'm glad. And now he's in a featured spot as, as the TNT champion. So, um, he's just one of those guys. Just you got this incredible skill set, and it's like, okay, well, let's let's see it more. You know, so now now I think we're getting the opportunity. And you know what? I would very much prefer that um, he keeps the title next week. I would like to see like MJF screw Wardlow out of this championship match and get a few going between those two. But really kind of get Scorpio Sky on this run of, hey, he's like this undefeated TNT champion right now where um, he's got this like over a year streak where he hasn't lost a match. And now... He's got the TNT title with him, and he keeps like outsmarting or outwitting these baby faces by being a heel, you know, whether it's through help with Dan Lambert or Ethan Page or whoever. And like you give him this run to kind of go on. Uh, I'm kind of for a heel TNT champion at this moment in time, I think. Sure. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't hate the idea of it. And yeah, I mean, Scorpio Sky is just one of those guys who, you know, I don't I don't want to be uh, 10 years down the road and be like, man. I wonder. I wonder what Scorpio Sky could have done if they gave him more more opportunity. So let's give him the opportunity now. Uh, give him a give him a chance to go out there and succeed. And you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But like, let's let's try it. He's shown that he's very talented. So I, I want to see what he's got. Nesha says uh, Sammy shouldn't have lost the belt too soon. Uh, I, I I can get behind that. I can, in a way, I understand, but also I'm going to make the case that Sammy is kind of like the two-time champion too at this point. So he's a two-time title holder. I think that kind of makes up a little bit of the balance of him not having a lengthy streak so uh, or a title reign. Um, and I just think, I really think this was the perfect moment to pull the trigger on somebody like Scorpio Sky and put the belt on him because, you know, we talk about, again, loaded roster, to try to get somebody over that uh, in a faction like men of the year that really need a highlight on them. Um, I think this was a great move to do. So uh, Dom Steven chambers, good point down here. Uh, Sammy taking too many risks revolution, that nasty bump on dynamite needs to calm down. Um, yeah. I, th- I think you, a lot of the, the talent nowadays, it's, it's that mentality where it's like, well, I want, I want the crowd to pop. So I'm going to go out there and do this crazy spot um, every single time I, I go out. Um, and I don't think it's necessary. And I, I think that if you're a good enough worker, um, which, which by the way he is, and so many of these other talents that do that are, um, you don't have to do that shit. No. Sell. You, oh, like you, you have to sell. Um, you have to look at Jeff a- Hardy, Jeff Hardy right there. He's, he's the perfect litmus to, uh, example of all that. Right. You know, you have sell, it right there. Sell work on your comeback. Um, really, uh, that's, that's kind of a, a simple formula, you know, it's obviously your dance partner, it plays a big role, but there's enough talented people in there that, you know, you don't have to fling yourself off a fucking two story building every time you want to get a pop, um, just go out there and work and sell, you know, it's, I don't want to see Sammy Guevara. He's a young man. I don't want to see him 10 years down the road talking retirement because he fucked up his back or his neck. Right, right. It just seemed it's obviously way too early, you know, it, it, like 10 years from now, it's going to be way, way too early to retire. And I feel, um, yeah, it's just you pick and choose your moments. Sammy's at this level where he gets a huge reaction and people like him. So that's that's your high spot there. Is that your rea- those reactions? So when you want to do a high spot, just pull it out once in a while, once once every few months, something that's, like that. That's what Jeff Hardy did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's got he got over. 
And look at him now. He's, I mean, he's probably in a lot of pain, but he still looks great. And he's still able to pull out that kind of stuff if he really wants to from time to time. You know? Yeah, you don't need it. Nesha, you're right. You don't need it every time. It's uh, People like Sammy for who he is. And he's, identi- he's identified himself as like a strong wrestling personality. And that's what you can ride on a lot of the time. That's what look awesome. at, everybody look, look at Mick Foley. You know, he he was at the pinnacle of his career. He was as hot as he had ever been. He came out with the book. And it's, uh, what, within a year, he was retired. He had to yeah. stop. Mm-hmm. Um, it, You don't want that. You don't want to be at your maximum money-making potential and then say, well, I have to stop. I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. Make sure you make all the money that you fucking can in, the, in that business um, and take care of yourself because, yeah, that's that's scary. And look, Austin hurt his neck, you know, in 97, right before he really went, you know, to the 316, like, level of attitude era, Austin. And, like, he only wrestled a few more years. But even after that, he wrestled smart. He was a smart, like, he, he wrestled to his body's limitations. And That's still, when he transitioned from, like, the, uh, the technical – guy mm-hmm. to the the brawling heel baby face anti-hero yes absolutely hey steven we're gonna talk about that actually right I, will, I will say you know here i am talking like hey don't don't risk anything too much and then, it's, <laughs> then I'm, I'm i'm all excited because sting is flinging him, himself off of shit man how about that dude that was fucking like when sting pulled off some of this stuff earlier on like what double or nothing like a year ago uh diving you know off the stage and, and doing some crazy stuff where he gets powerbomb through a table and pops right back up. Um, we're like, well, this was something else. <laughs> yep. Splash uh, right onto Andrade through three tables. I love what Sting, I love this, this portion of his career, you know, yes. and it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like saying, yep, I'm, I'm older, but I can still, I can still work. And he is He's still it's, working, man. It's, it's incredible. It's really incredible. How um, would you feel, Marcus? This seems wild. This seems wild, but we talked about... I know what you're going to say right now. What am I going to say? You're going to say, how would I feel about Sting being the champion? Pretty close, Marcus. This is this is where I'm going. How would you feel about Hangman Page feuding with Sting? Yes. Yep. I want to see it. Thing is, you know, I think that you would have to make adjustments as as Hangman Page. You know, like the, that that uh, moonsault that he breaks out every match uh, off the top rope to the outside. Probably not. Um, is, but you know, certainly, certainly, you can get all your other shit in. Um, I, I just, I, I think that it it could be really, really awesome and fun. Um, but uh, again, let's let's cut some high spots and, and focus on working. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, to answer your question, I took the long way around. Yes, I would like to see it. And I wouldn't hate Sting as the champion, even on a short run. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I think that, again, like it goes back to the very beginning of AEW where they put the title on Jericho. That's your first ever champion is Chris Jericho. If you have a name like Sting in your title history as a world champion, I think that's pretty fucking cool, right? Yep. Um, Stephen, Stephen making a good point. What about the TNT title instead of the world title? Sure. Not against um, that. I think world title would be the way to go, though, honestly, if you're going to do it. If you're going to do if, it. If you do, if you do do, if you do do it, um, I would like to see Sting maybe have it for a month and then drop it to to uh, MJF. That's cool, too, Marcus. Yep. That's cool, too. I like it. And and it's, I wouldn't hate MJF, like, really going all out on him and uh, injuring him, quote unquote, having Sting maybe leave for a little bit, uh, take a probably a, a well needed six break. months, eight yep. months, something like that. Yep, 
All right, Marcus, I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for a Sting World Title run, guys. Yep. Sixty three or not, I, I don't give a shit. I think it could be fun. And hell yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be a fucking blast. <laughs> Dumb. Jay's asking, do we play two K twenty two? He likes it. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, with the NWO thing, I and Dominic probably knows this about me. I was like. <laughs> I want it. I want Eric Bischoff. <laughs> I really want to do it. You can use Eric. You can fight as Eric Bischoff. I know. I know. And uh, I saw it, and I was like, "Ooh, ooh, I want it." But I just don't have time to be fucking around video games. Don't have That's time. I like. I Marcus knows me. I was a huge video game guy, and I I still kind of am. It's just like, I, yeah, I don't have the time to do it. And they, also, they kind of burnt their bridges with with video games, you know, like 2K4, uh, 2K14 is probably the last really, really great one that they made. And then since then, it's just like, yeah, they're like sort of phoning it in. Yeah. Um, and now it's like um, and I think they changed up the grappling system and stuff like that. So the gameplay is a lot more funner and easier to to kind of get along with. And I think that's what's really appealing to it. But um, there's also the rumor or reports that they might be moving on from 2k and going like looking for another buyer too so um how long are we going to see that type of game in specific so dude uh, if i was tony khan i would just be like hey here comes the pain uh let's just duplicate it let's just do exactly I would, Marcus, that with what an, I do, roster. an updated here comes the pain vet like kind of system working system but then you have it look i'm i'm legit on this you legit have uh, revenge mode where you can go back and play like the old revenge style game but aw roster and yep. it's it's i think that would be so fucking cool you'd sell you a million copies a million co like you you're not only so you're you are attracting the new fan base with your newer game but you have this version that you can play that doesn't take up a lot of space well like, look you know you're worried about kids and not being sophisticated enough for like kids uh the kids right now are like fucking around with fidget spinners and like those popper things well, Marcus, you're so years I, I, I know i know i know fidget spinners are gone but now it's like the popper thing where you like pop the the bubbles back and forth on that shit mm -hmm. uh so like kids are kids are entranced by that i'm sure I'm 100% certain that kids would have a lot of fun if you had a revenge-style video game. Oh, my God. You look at what, I mean, kids play on their phones and stuff, too. It's just, like, simple, like, cheesy-ass games that, like, are addicting. Wordle. People are playing Wordle, like, all the time. I'm, I'm pretty good at Wordle, by the way. Jeez, I didn't know Mr. T was part of the DLC. That's pretty sweet. Mr. T, RVD. Uh, Mr. It's T, such RVD. A, it's a, such a weird set of packages that you can download. It's such a weird, like group of people and like so many of these talents too are not no longer with the company they're at AEW or the free agents it's crazy like you know vince really fucking shook up the roster <laughs> who, who else is on there that's in AEW? uh let's see killer cross well i'm sorry he's not in but killer cross is in the game keith lee's in the game uh adam cole i believe is in the game um i think there's plenty more other ones too marcus uh, that's, that's kind of cool yeah so i mean they're still in there so uh, oh yeah, Logan Paul is a fucking downloadable character. Oh, wow. that's, what that's the fuck? Wild. Machine Gun Kelly is in there. You give me Bob Uecker. Put Bob Uecker and Burt Reynolds in there for me. Said Pete Rose. Pete Rose. How about it? <laughs> How about it? In the in the gobbledygooker outfit. Oh man, what fucking Mean Gene. Get Mean Gene in there. As, um, as a worker. As a worker, that would be something. <laughs> I want Jesse the Body Ventura. That would be okay too. Yes. Um, Marcus, speaking of some legendary wrestlers, uh, you have some ties to the Ric Flair podcast. Um, he talked about uh, on a recent episode of the Woo Nation Uncensored about Cesaro 
having interest in managing Cesaro. Now, Ric Flair wasn't necessarily thinking about this and pitched it out, but Matt Madden, Mark Madden presented it to him. He's like, I'd love that. And he talked about like how we almost need to see a nasty version of Cesaro if he would come into AEW because we haven't seen a real nasty version of him. We've seen a heel version, but like the nasty, vindictive asshole heel that attacks you and like he was t- and his idea was like he, somebody like Tony Khan comes out and Flair's the one that hits him from behind, but then Cesaro just takes out his aggression on on this person, whether it's Khan, Shivani, whoever. And like that's how you bring him into the that's how you introduce him. And I was like, dude, that is a way that you really get a, a debut over like somebody like that is just immediately going after somebody. If you pack that punch of like a Cesaro and Ric Flair showing up together, it'd be fucking wild, man. Yeah, and I mean, Cesaro's just got that old school feel. So, like, you know, him pairing him with somebody like Flair, especially because, like, yeah, Cesaro might, may not be perceived as, like, a really strong talker, which, by the way, I don't know that I necessarily agree with. No, I don't agree um, with that either. I think he is a great talker. I actually saw a promo of him with Ric Flair during the Miz TV segment where he was, like, talking shit to Ric Flair, and he was nailing it. He was doing a great job. Yeah. Um, but in any case, uh, the idea of pairing Cesaro with Flair, I think on the surface it really appeals to me, um, and I think it would be a lot of fun. But there's also a piece of me that's, like, he would if he's with Flair, he immediately becomes, like, that suit-wearing, you know, like, uh, very debonair-type type character. Where Dominic, and you know this, I want to see him as more of, like, a Bruno San Martino-type type character. I think, you can get, I think you can do that, though. Flair's still the party guy. Flair's still the party, drinking, <clears throat> women stealing kiss, you know, all that stuff. But Jericho, I mean, not Jericho, uh, Cesaro can be the more straight-laced, hey, I'm the champion, and I'm going to fucking defend this belt and you know, taking around the world kind of basically Lutez, Bruno San Martino kind of vibes still going. Um, I think you can still have that dynamic come across, but honestly, Marcus, you know, they have set a little kind of something up with this in a way because our boys FTR fired Tully Blanchard on AEW Dynamite. And um, so what does it mean, Dom? What does it mean for Tully? Who's he going to manage? Could it be a Cesaro? And does this mean we're going to get a babyface run of FTR? Um, maybe I don't know. It's I'm I mean I'm trying to kind of put the the pieces together in my head, and I'm like, why? It was kind of working really well, wasn't it? With with Tully. Yeah, uh, but like um, the the angle was that uh, Dax and was talking about how much their family meant to them, and like they kind of leveled out with Tully and said like, hey, you listen, you aren't. A, our family guy like you aren't you haven't all you've been about is the titles and stuff and we're doing this to earn for our families and stuff like that and you know we want the titles but that's all you've been about you haven't been about us he's like and that's when they fired him so i mean it's kind of setting up for like maybe a baby face version of these two uh dom I, i'm guessing you didn't see this but uh ftr is scheduled for an indie show and guess who their manager is going to be for it jj dennis condry really which wow, is which I that? think is which I think is fucking cool, um, but it, yeah, it, I wouldn't hate seeing them go babyface and join Arn's team. It sort of makes sense, right? Yeah, wow, kind of makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, sure does. Yeah, uh, if they join Arn, that makes. I mean, like Arn's got some some stuff cooking. What what if he kind of got the a new Horseman brand here cooking in a way? Uh, Dom, new Horseman, Brock, FTR, yeah. and Cesaro. that would be that would be something holy shit that would be pretty damn awesome that would be something 
Dom, yeah. Stephen Chambers asking a question that I have been wondering for a while now. Um, will Tessa Blanchard be all elite, totally managing her? Uh, on paper, love it. Love the idea. She's so talented, um, and pairing her with her father is really cool. What an addition she would be to the women's division. But as you and I have discussed here a couple times, um, th- those – and I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's not true because I don't know what the situation is. But the rumors uh, surrounding her and some of the things that she allegedly said um, and, and did to other female talent, if any of it's true, I don't want to see her in the business. Um so I don't I don't know what Dom. What's your take? Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of in the same boat with you. I think um, you know uh, Tessa. You know these rumors, like or, or these reports of her, kind of uh, it was with La, La Rosa Negra from uh, Mission Pro. I think is where this uh, supposed incident happened. Very talented. It's performer. very talented. Really, really damn good. Um, and I'm surprised she isn't in like one of the top promotions right now too, because she's got a style about her too. Um, th- but all that being said, yeah, I mean, if there's, uh, some serious smoke to that fire, uh, yeah, you, you just, it's a shame because she's a talent and she's got a legacy name and you know, everything like that and a great look about her, but I mean, you can't have can't, that in your, can't, can't, can't tolerate, your can't tolerate, can't show any tolerance for that behavior. So nope. yeah, if it's true, doesn't belong in the business. Yeah. Um, Marcus, uh, I want to get your thoughts too. I'm looking up something here because somebody said, did the Hardys capture the ROH world tag belts outside the ring? St. Louis on Facebook it says in the mix radio. So I'm, I'm trying to do some research here on that, but in the meantime, I want to get your thoughts on filibuster. What do you got? Oh, well, this is not, this is a filibuster. I will also very much want to t- touch upon is uh thunder Rosa next week. In San Antonio, her home base for Mission Pro Wrestling. Friend of the show, Dom. Friend, Friend of the, the show, show. Thunder Rosa. Getting her title shot in a cage match against Britt Baker on basically like the anniversary of the St. Patrick's Day bash that they had last year where she had her win of the Lights Out match. Marcus, this is just serendipitous to the point where it's like, hey, I had the, the expectation, the prediction that she was going to win at Revolution, get her title finally. I think this makes way more sense to have her get it here. In San Antonio. If she does not win the title at this match, I'm going to stop watching for a while. (laughs) (laughs) How are we going to do the show? I'll go on hiatus, Dom. No, she needs to win. She needs to go over. And like you said, it's like I was very disappointed when after Revolution, I was like, ah, fuck. They should have put the title on her. She's so marketable. She's she's such a great worker. She's this, she's that. She's everything that you want in a pro wrestler. Um, But then, as you said, it's like the serendipity here. On this show, a uh, year later, um, the setting, a cage match. Um, I'm like, she, this is okay. Now it makes sense. Now it makes yeah. sense that she lost a revolution. Uh, now we need to see her get the win and, and become the champion and kind of become a flag bearer for uh, AEW. Dominic, this, uh, billboards, magazines, uh, at more action figures, T-shirts. Uh, Thunder Rosa is probably the most marketable human being in AEW. Maybe, maybe aside from CM Punk, um, the most marketable. Uh, so yeah, it's it's time time to make the move on friend of the show Thunder Rosa. Time for her to uh, to carry the belt and Dom. She needs to carry it for a long damn time. Margaret, I'm with you 100, percent brother. Uh, I think um, you know I, to to go again to the point of uh, the reaction Keith Lee got at AEW Rampage. Thunder Rosa ran out after the match between Mercedes Martinez and Jamie Hayter 
with a steel chair and fucking got another huge reaction. Just like that crowd is bam, all for Thunder Rosa. And it just tells you what her value is. Like it's it's big time. And so for her to get positioned in this this light in a steel cage, something you don't necessarily see a whole lot in AEW is the steel cage. So they pulled it out a few times, but this is like I mean, when you don't count blood and guts, uh, you know, the only other cage match that kind of stands out, and I'm sure I'm missing one here, but is Cody versus Wardlow was the other one. Yep. Um, is there another one I'm missing out on that uh, you can no, think of? Not that so, I can like, think of. It's something that they've had in their holster that's a classic, obviously a classic kind of style of wrestling match. To put these two in a match like this on your main event in San Antonio – on a particular anniversary of that's it. why that's also a big reason why I think she's going over. It's it's yes. like you know it's it's Texas. It's the perfect perfect setting for Thunder Rosa to get yes. the big win. The, uh, the stars uh, have aligned here, and we have a star in Thunder Rosa. I'm pumped up. I'm, I'm pumped, pumped up. Pumped up too. Pumped up too. Uh, so yeah, hopefully she goes over Dom. Um, and uh, and we start this this the Rosa the badly needed Rosa revolution here, um, because yeah, it's man. Man, I'm excited about Thunder Rosa. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to find some comments. Uh, oh, yes. All anybody wants to play is a high HD, high quality graphics revenge. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. Nope. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll buy three copies of it. Three copies. <laughs> no, Champ- really. Want it. Champ and friend of the show, correct. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa. Uh, if you haven't heard our episode where we talk to her, go back and listen to it. I, I might say that every single episode. Why not? You know, um, Steven, yeah, I think uh, I, if I had to place my wager, I'm saying Scorpio Sky retains and MJF screws your low over. What do you think, Mark? What do you think that's going? Do you think, or do you think they're just going to put their belt right on Wardlow there? I don't think they should. Um, and yeah, I, I think that MJF comes out and, and screws them or, uh, Sean Spears, somebody like that is going to come out and, and screw him over. Uh, Both but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's not right to, uh, to do that to Scorpio Sky, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Um, all right, this is a good segue to you. Man, I'm on a segue run here, Marcus. Uh, you know, yeah, and with more of those babyface promo you cut. Um, direct, uh, I think, touched a tangible point about, like, him giving reason why he was working for MJF. You know, and everything like that uh, to, you know, he grew up poor and he wanted to make money for his family, blah, blah, blah. And um, I thought it was a good and heck, just having Tony Schiavone in the ring with him, I think just adds to it, too. And so I think really good start of a babyface promo for low and uh, the crowd, the crowd was buying into it. So, um, yeah, there's some electricity there with that. Yeah. Um, again, marketable. You know, somebody with that with that look, that size, um, physical ability. Um, yeah, Wardlow, Wardlow has he's got it, man. Uh, so I wasn't, you know, initially excited about the idea of him being a baby face. Um, but then, as you said, he he delivered that really good promo. Uh, again, having Tony Schiavone by his side, I think, didn't, helped out a ton. And I was like, you know what, I'm I'm buying it. At first, I wasn't buying it because I was like, no, he's he's this giant heel like he he looks like a heel he behaves like a heel easy to dislike because he's like this this big guy he's he's like he's a good looking dude like he's 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 like vicious violent and i'm like he's easy to to hate he needs to be a heel but now i'm like yeah i think it could work you know he the way his delivery was like i thought was very matter of fact 
you know, uh, how he came across. And I'm trying to think of like a classic wrestler that kind of talked like that in a way that I thought. I can't get away from thinking of him as Nikita Koloff, where he started as like this, this vicious heel, uh, this easy to hate, just savage of a human. And then he turned babyface and joined forces with Dusty, the superpowers. Yeah, no, that's a good. I think that's a good comp. Um, I think what's who I'm kind of thinking of right now um, is Brian Adams. The way Brian Adams delivered a promo in a lot of ways, I think uh, Wardlow had a little bit of, has a little bit of that, and it, a little summer of '69. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Got my first real six string. I, the, I think, uh, but I think uh, there's like a lot more a connection with the crowd he has kicked into at the moment. So. I, yeah, I, I'm liking more low in the baby face front, but to what Steven Chambers was saying, I, I want to say, yeah, I think let Scorpio have this bit of a run. You don't need to put a title on Wardlow at this moment in time. I think uh, there's plenty of time for that. No, nope. I agree. Yep. Um, okay. Marcus, a debut we have not talked about. That's a, a very notable one. Let's Swerve, talk about it. Swerve Strickland, baby. Swerve. Damn good against Tony Nese. Uh, what a unique style this guy uh, presents in the ring, and uh, like fucking charisma out the wazoo too, man. Like his little uh, promo that he had on Dynamite too uh, with Tony Nese was good. Like just his reactions to like how like Tony was saying stuff, and he's like, oh, his faces and stuff like that. It's just really on point with everything, you know. He com- he comes off like he's great, and he knows it, which I yes. think is is really fun. And by the way, I think it would make him a good match with Ric Flair. Who would be a natural babyface if he came in? Wow, that's a great point too, man. I think I think Swerve and Ric Flair would be a fucking blast. That's pretty fucking cool, actually, Marcus. Right? <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, I mean, zero chance that, that Nice wins that match. Swerve is brand new. Uh, comes in with with charisma, just coming right out of his butt. Um, so, yeah, I, zero chance that Nice goes over in in that situation. Um, and yeah, it's Swerve again. He's one of those guys that you could really put a lot behind. And I would, I put my best foot forward with him by pairing him with with fucking Ric Flair. I think that's a good call. Yeah, buy buy Ric Flair drip for his entrance music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could you got to do prob- the probably not space that. odyssey. You got to be the do the space odyssey. No, see, see, even the idea of, of Ric Flair drip or space odyssey, it makes me cringe because I don't want him to. Act no, like Ric- I'm saying for Flair. I'm not. Saying oh, for Flair. oh yeah. Swerve's got his own music, man. His own yeah. track is. I think he raps his own track. An original. So. Um, let me say that if he were to come in, uh, Ric Flair, that is uh, pronouns, pal. If Ric Flair were to come in and, and pair with, with Swerve, I don't want Swerve being Ric Flair. I want Swerve to be yes. Swerve oh, no. with Ric yeah. Flair. I want... Because that's what they do. That's what they do with like, I the want Miz. Swerve, I want classic Flair uh, connecting, like playing off of Swerve of who he is. I want I, I want vignettes of those two coming out of a fucking Learjet fucking, together. Oh my god! Okay, I want I want them pulling up in a limo. <laughs> dude, you're nailing it. <laughs> you're nailing it here right. for me. Right. I want I want a vignette of them like shopping for Rolexes. So it would be a blast. Man, Marcus, you are fucking on point tonight. You're on Stephen Chambers level. Level being on point here, man. <laughs> this is some good shit. I'm loving it. Yep. So I'm um, I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up. I like Swerve. Uh, good addition. But again, Dominic, what the where where are we putting all these people? That's the issue. Okay. Well, geez, another segue. Gee, we are fucking on Let's fire. Pull here. it out. Pull all out right. the segue. You might have to riff on here a little bit because I got to pull up the article itself. But I think Eric Bischoff made some very salient points about 
Tony Khan buying ROH uh, this week on 83 Weeks. Um, so uh, talk a little bit about where you're thinking, like Tony did uh, after the on the AEW Revolution post-presser, he did touch a little bit about it. He's booking ROH. He's booking it. And he said there's a reason for that and that there um, he knows like the background of a lot of the wrestlers and things like that. And to uh, present them in a certain way. And he made comparisons to like what people prefer, whether it's the black and gold NXT. Uh, that was really good with Sammy, Sammy Zayn and, you know, Kevin Owens and all those feuds and takeovers and what have you to in comparison to the 2.0 and what's Vince McMahon's ultimate vision for what he wants for uh, NXT is the new version. But a lot of fans prefer the old version. So um, talk about that a little bit while I pull this article up. Yeah, you know, Eric Bischoff always makes good points. Uh, essentially, whatever he's saying, if you if you can separate your emotion from it, where it's like, hey, he's being he's being mean to AEW, which, by the way, I'm a huge AEW fan. But if you can, which is why we do this podcast. But <laughs> if you can if you can separate yourself from it a little bit and just listen to what he has to say, Eric Bischoff always consistently always makes good points um because he's smart he's a really smart guy and one of the best points that he made was when he was talking about how in the short term the best use of roh as an asset is to is to is to use it as as backstory um he referenced how the eddie kingston cm punk backstory where he was like i had no idea about their history it was completely spelled out on TV what their history was. And then all of a sudden I was invested because and these this is a direct quote from Eric Bischoff on the podcast. Every good story has a great backstory. And he's 100 percent correct um, that Eddie Kingston CM Punk thing. All of a sudden you're leaning in like, wait a minute, these two, they, they, they've been having issues for a while. There's a reason that they don't like each other. Oh, this isn't just like you're here. I'm here. We hate each other. Let's wrestle. Uh, it's it's no there. There was layers to it. Um, so, and that's what he said is going to be the best use for, for ROH. And I agree 1 million percent, um, is that you use ROH in the short term, you use it for storyline fodder. You own the library now. So you can, you can go back and show like, here's, here's a match that these two had, uh, years ago. And it's still an issue. There's, there's still, you know, every time they see each other, they still like glare at each other. They've been having issues for a while. And uh, yeah, so that, that was that was essentially the point that Eric was making, at least near the end of that conversation. And couldn't agree more. And, you know, Marcus, to what you're just saying, too, about Eddie and Punk, like even on uh, social media, somebody made note that Eddie, when he talked about Punk losing to Punk, how much venom he had in that that moment. And Eddie was like, oh, you picked up on that. Like he quote tweeted the guy and was like, yeah, you picked up on that. Yeah. And so like that, that's this fire still burning, baby. And so uh, I have I have the write up here. Now I will say it is on WrestleZone.com, but I got the transcription from Inside the Ropes. But this is what Eric Bischoff had to say in regards to it being a good move overall for Tony Khan, uh, being uh, being purchasing ROH. I think it was a good deal. If Tony's goal is to ultimately to build independent of Turner, is to build his own streaming platform, absolutely the acquisition of Ring of Honor makes sense. It's not going to only make financial sense in the short term. It's just not. How many people around the in the United States television media audience? How many of those them even know what Ring of Honor is? And I think that's kind of what we were saying. That's what we said last week. Yeah, yeah. a couple weeks ago here. Short term, it's not going to be profitable. But three years from now, five years from now, seven, ten years out, because streaming platforms are popping up every day. That's getting bigger. 
and bigger and bigger. And guess what? Content becomes more and more valuable over time. Content that probably wasn't worth anything five years ago conceivably is not worth quite a bit of money because of the market has grown and the ability to feed it with content has not. My opinion, short term, that library is going to mean absolutely nothing. And in a lot of cases, it looks like quality is bad. You couldn't do anything with it anyways. It looks like it was built on a phone in a high school gym, but there's still some great content there. And so, yeah, Mark, I mean, from like, again, I think it plays into what we were kind of talking about like last week where, um, hey, you have this library that does have history to it. People aren't familiar with it. But if you make them familiar with your AEW product and know what your product is, that makes your history, your library and uh, ROH, the brand itself, much more tangible too. Look, you know, you don't want to start a streaming service with this giant library. It's it, And it is a giant library. There's a lot of film. There's a lot of mega stars on that film. But you don't want to just start it tomorrow and just say like, hey, the, the ROH library is available because most people are going to say, what's ROH? And not really give a fuck. Yeah. Um, so with that being the case, um, it, to Eric's point, you build it on TV. You make it important on on a program that's getting you know it consistently like near a million eyeballs every week. So you make it you make it something on TV, and then all of a sudden you start to say maybe two or three years, and you say like, hey, guess what? You can get all this old AEW content from the beginning, all of our pay per views on the streaming service. And by the way, we've got some archive content back there and people will say, oh yeah, that's, that's what they're talking about in the, uh, in the Kenny Omega feud or the, you know, in the, in the Brian Danielson feud. Um, and th- I think it could bait people in and again, turn, turn the brand into something bigger. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's, and he's right. It's not going to pay off in the short term, but long term. 100 percent it'll pay off and you look you kind of think about it i was like doing some title history looking and stuff like that or uh did this date in history kind of searching i know we've been around for over 20 years or 20 years now dumb i mean uh, seth rollins kevin owens um the list goes on and on and on of the talent that has has appeared there been title holders there had huge matches there um so yeah it's uh to me it's it, it would be it would be silly not to uh take take the ra- the path that eric bischoff has laid out 100 percent, man 100 percent. um as far as everything else goes did we cover it all i think we did marcus man yeah i think we got everything is there anything else you want to touch upon before uh we wrap this week up nope. See Excited to see friend of the show, Thunder Rosa, take home the gold, Dom. Me too. Uh, Nesha said earlier, Marcus loves Thunder Rosa. I do. I do. She's, God, she's so damn good. She she's is so, so damn good. good. She is. She's awesome. Marcus, uh, my favorite My favorite wrestler. I almost feel like we need to get together and watch this together. <sighs> Boy, that sounds nice. But no, I, I would. I don't want to see you. <laughs> this is. It's bad enough I have to do this with we you once a week. We share a moment together. <laughs> a historic moment in wrestling. Our friend um, of the show, Thunder Rosa, winning the title. Tom, it's bad enough that I have to see you in Dallas, which, by the way, folks, whoa, let's, let's get into the old plug skis. Whoa, hey now. <laughs> so, yeah, breaking uh, news. Yeah, uh, the D'Angelo boys are going to Dallas. Um, let me tell you, uh, it's it's going to be something else. So, as you all know, I work for adfreeshows.com, and we're doing Super Show live in Dallas at Gilly's uh, Bar and Grill, Gilly's Event Center down there in Dallas. Very Marcus, famous. What bar. movie? What movie was there? 
That would be Urban Cowboy Dom. Correct. Yes. Um, so uh, we are going to be in Dallas, and, and not only for Gillies, but also for WrestleCon. But let's talk about Gillies for a minute, Dominic. Um, so not only is Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff performing live on stage, a live podcast, anything goes, ask whatever you want. Um, not only are they doing a uh, beforehand, a meet and greet. Um, there's a happy hour where you can have drinks with them, hang out with them, ask them questions, get autographs, get pictures, um, all of the above. You get exclusive swag, blah, blah, blah. Not only do you get all that stuff, Dominic, but Jeff Hardy's going to be there. Third man. William Regal's going to be there. Fourth man. And there are other surprises. Dominic, literally everybody is in Dallas. All any Name a wrestler, name a wrestling personality. They're probably going to be in Dallas. Probably not AEW people, but I don't know. Probably some will. Some might be. Yeah, actually, I know some will. They're going to WrestleCon. So, and um, isn't like ROH Supercard there like this? Probably. Sounds yeah, correct. I think. Sounds so correct. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Um, so, uh, there's Super Show Live. You never know who's going to show up. But then also, I'm going to be a WrestleCon. I'm going to be there with Jeff Jarrett, uh, taking money, uh, taking pictures, hanging out. If you guys get are your picture there, with Marcus, get your picture with uh, hey, 50 bucks, 50 <laughs> bucks for a combo picture and an autograph. <laughs> a couple of the Angel Brothers. <laughs> It's going to a good cause. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll take pictures and, and sign shit for free. Nobody's going to want my autograph. I'll pay you to get a picture with me so I look like a mid-over. How's that sound? <laughs> uh, but no, it's uh, if you're going to be in Dallas, which I know that a lot of fans are uh, for WrestleMania, make it a point to go to supershowlive.com. Supershowlive.com. Get get your tickets to this event. It's one of a kind, unbelievable experience. Again, Jeff Hardy's going to be there. Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, William Regal, plus some mystery guests. So it's a huge, huge, fun, awesome opportunity. Make sure that you go there. And by the way, if you're saying, I know what a lot of you're saying to yourselves. You're saying, uh, sorry, can't can't do the plane ticket. Not going to not going to Dallas. Too expensive. Fear not. Because you can go to Fight TV, and you can you can actually watch the event at Gillies on pay per view. Dom, it's only like twelve ninety nine or something like that. Plus, I'm not done. I'm not oh, done. Man, you are you are winging. <laughs> you're promoting. You're you're putting your Paul Heyman hat on right now. I'm not done yet, Dominic. You know what else you get when you order it before March sixteenth? You get a Jeff Hardy exclusive Fight TV trading card. Now, look, the trading card market is blowing up. Jeff Hardy has only had trading cards in TNA and WWE. He'll probably get one in AEW. But aside, he's never had anything outside of those when it comes to trading cards. You can get an exclusive, one-of-a-kind, Fight TV Jeff Hardy trading card, which 100% will go up in value. Um, and essentially, it's going to pay for itself. So if you buy the twelve ninety nine pay per view, you get this. You get this card, and guess what? Uh, Ten years from now, you'll probably be able to sell it for quadruple, uh, t- ten times what you paid. So uh, if if you are thinking about it, just stop thinking about it. Get over to Fight TV, order the pay per view if you can't be there in person. Dominic, what do you got going on? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm going to uh, uh, Mania Week, uh, and. I'll be a part of, yes, uh, I'll be in the mix of everything here. I, I, I'm wearing a lot of hats this over the course of that week and, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a real good time. I will be, I don't know necessarily, uh, Nesha asked if we, Marcus, you are not going to, are you going to mania? Is it, are you, I, I will is, not be a mania. You will no, not I'm, be a mania. Nope. I'm working and then I'm, I'm flying out on Sunday. Well, I mean, isn't the, when is the first show? Is that, I think it's, it's probably Saturday, but there's two I'm, days. 
Yeah. I'm working, baby. Working it. Working it. Yeah, I don't know what I'll be doing. Uh, but I will be doing press uh, for WrestleZone on behalf of WrestleZone and be helping out with podcast eating out free shows too down there. So it could be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to do it. Um, Marcus, is there a chance if they buy this pay-per-view, will you be on screen whatsoever? Maybe I might accident. I might accidentally, you know, I'll be taking photos and fall <laughs> down, and I'll just be on screen, <laughs> For picking up some cords or something like that yeah, behind. I, I mean, you never know. I, I actually might be. Um, it's, I, I don't know where they're gonna have me me stationed, so to speak. But I'll be there. I'll be taking photos, rubbing elbows with all the all the folks that show up there. Um, so yeah, make it guys for real order it on fight TV. It's, it's a, it's a huge fun event. If you're going to be in Dallas, please show up. We can have a couple drinks at Gillies. It'll be good times. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Nesha, we are in Dallas. Yeah. Oh, mania. Yeah. I mean, I'll be in the vicinity for mania. I don't know exactly what my concrete plans are at this point in time, but I'll be there. Um, uh, you're going to be in the building for the press stuff. Yes. So like you might not actually watch mania. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like it depends on where the wind blows me and where I find my value is at most. So, um, and last time when I was covering, when I was in New York city for WrestleMania, I did not go to WrestleMania. Thank God I didn't go to WrestleMania because Holy fuck. I would not have gotten out of there. Uh, I probably would have stayed the night over at MetLife stadium because there was no way to get home. Basically. Um, was very happy. One of the best decisions I ever made because not only was that, I got to hang out with JJ Dillon and Stan Hansen. So, I mean, what a WrestleMania that was. I'm all for that. Yeah, that's a good WrestleMania experience. Yes. Marcus, uh, We ha- before we cut out here, we have to tell the story, the WrestleCon story of me and you. Last time we went to WrestleCon in, it, in uh, New Orleans. Actually, we uh, I told Eric Bischoff this story. Did you uh, tell him this story? Yes, and he thought it was really funny. Um, <laughs> so, so we, we'd been walking around WrestleCon and, you know, met some people. Let me and, preface this to, or, or mm-hmm. preface this by saying I did not even write for WrestleZone at this point in time. So like, I'm just going as a fan. This was like my last pro wrestling fan experience, basically. I remember you were uh, talking to WrestleZone about the job on the way yes, there. On the way um, home. Yes. But in any case, uh, we were like wrapping it up. And uh, we're like, all right, let's go. We went to get coffee. By the way, I stood behind Sabu in line uh, to to get Starbucks, which was pretty wild. Full uh, Sabu regalia, too. Yep. Fully dressed. Um, so Dominic and, and our buddy Doug were waiting outside for me. And I was like, you know what? I really wanted to meet Eric Bischoff. I'm going back up. So go up, meet Eric, shake his hand, talk to him a little bit, get a picture with him. And, uh, and I hammer on, come outside and show Dominic the picture. And he was pissed. I was not happy. Right? <laughs> I was he, not. He wanted to meet Eric Bischoff and he wanted to meet him with me, but I was like in the building. It was like a very spur of the moment. I was in the building and I was like, yeah, I'm going back up. Fuck you it. call it spur of the moment. I call it selfish. See, fair enough. You want me to just come outside, get you? All right, maybe. Hey, cell phones existed back in 2018. Maybe that would help. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Yeah, but uh, so I, I met Eric Bischoff before I started working with him. How about that? Mm-hmm. Full circle, the circle of life. First full circle, baby. And he was wearing an 83 weeks polo, and I don't think that 83 weeks had come out yet. Well, how about that, really? Yep. Wow. Do you, ha- you have that picture? Yeah, I got it. I got to interview Eric Bischoff about dogs, which was great. So I, he's, I, he's I a good guy. Good guy. Really smart guy. Um, listen to 83 weeks if you haven't been. Go to adfreeshows.com and subscribe. Become a member there. Um, get all kinds of exclusive, exclusive, uh, content, podcast, bonus material, uh, Dominic tomorrow on adfreeshows.com. We're dropping the concession stand brawl bonanza. 
Uh, it's three. It's the, like the original ultraviolent hardcore matches from Memphis. Uh, one from 1979, one from 1981, one from 1992 with Jeff Jarrett on it. Um, the Moondogs. Jeff, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jerry Lawler versus the Moondogs. Uh, unbelievable fun content. Jeff is watching it back, talking about it. You can watch along with him. All the videos are available on YouTube. Uh, so really, it, try it out. If And by the way, if you just want to give it a shot, if you're not ready, go to adfreetrial.com. You get a 10-day free trial, baby, uh, which means that you can enjoy that bonus tomorrow for free. So, oh, free. Uh, so go to adfreetrial.com and uh, get in on the fun. If you're not listening to the stuff on ad-free shows or podcast heat, you're really missing out. Yeah. As far as the WrestleZone front goes, hey, look, we got an interview with Matt Cardona, the NWA champion. Colin Tessier, three times he has interviewed Matt Cardona and short succession nonetheless. And I tell you what, like, this is like, Marcus, this would be like you interviewing Kevin Nash, um, where it's like, Hey, this is his guy. So uh, it's pretty cool to see that Colin be able to do that with Matt Cardona and break it down. And um, like, they have a good dynamic because he's interviewed him three times. They know each other and it's a good conversation. Check that out. That's up on WrestleZone. Um, as always uh, be on the lookout for a new hot tag coming. That's going to be on, on tap happening here. And, um, yeah, I mean, just go to WrestleZone.com. I got an article brewing in the head, brewing in the head right now. I kind of typed a little bit of it out already, but uh, I saw the new Batman movie, and it gave me a little bit of inspiration to write a little wrestling article. So All right. be on the lookout for that. Um, and that's it, guys. I mean, thanks for tuning in. Uh, holy smokes, we covered a lot. These shows, we're on a roll, baby. we got to keep this streak alive. And can't thank you guys enough for tuning in. Dominic Stephen Chambers, we got to answer that shit. Oh yeah. I so I was suspecting he was going to show up on Raw, but now that I know it's in Jacksonville, um, yep, probably. No, I'm going to say no. I'm saying it's not happening. I'm saying I th- it's. Not. I think I think that they want they want to sell WrestleMania tickets or uh, buys, and uh, Cody Rhodes showing up on Raw and setting up a match for WrestleMania, um, I think is going to do it. So uh, now that I know that Raw is in Jacksonville. I might be watching Raw this week because I think Tony, that uh, rather Cody Rhodes is showing up. I don't think so. I don't think too much, too quick, too soon. It's not, it's not enough. Uh, I mean, that, that won't put it, that never puts it past Vince either way, but I'm going to say like WWE's pulled plenty of like fast ones on us. And uh, you know, I think they're really leaning into all this aspect of creating this buzz for WrestleMania and things like that. I've been let down one too many times by all this hype of everything. And, uh, you know, even with this Austin thing, heck, they have Austin doing the Kevin Owens show. And they kind of call it a match. Is it a match? Like, Austin cut a promo that was really intense and good shit and, like, said that he that Kevin Owens lit a fire on him again. But it's like they didn't – they're not booking this as a match. It's not set up as a match. He also said the last – so he's appeared at WrestleMania before. So the, this is nothing new. Like, since, since he retired, he's appeared at WrestleMania. Um, so part of Stone Cold's promo was, uh, you know, last, the last time I was at Mania saying I had a match at Mania, I lost to the rock and I've, it's bothered me all these years. So it sounds like a match. It does, but it's, it's, why would not, why would you not promote it as a match? Then? I don't know. It doesn't make I, Why would, like, if Austin is coming back, would you not promote that as a match instead of him going on the show? I would. I would too. I just don't think it's enough time, and the story isn't that. There's not enough story behind. It. Also, it's like he in storyline. He's got heat with Kevin Owens, um, and he wants to kick his ass. Uh, you're telling me it's Stone Cold, the Stone Cold that we've always known, is just gonna walk out there and say, "Okay, well, we're in an interview set, so I'm just gonna sit down and talk to you now." 
even though I've been saying I'm going to kick the shit out of you whenever I see you, uh, I'm going to sit down in this chair and, and chat with you. No, it's, it doesn't make any fucking sense. But it makes no fucking sense to promote it as him being on the Kevin Owens show. Then. Why not promote it as a match? That's where I'm, that's where I'm against it at. Yeah. Well, in any case, uh, I think that Cody is showing up uh, on, on Raw because I think they want him for Mania. It makes sense. Why would you not? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be watching Raw on, on Monday. I don't think it's going to happen. Hey, fair enough. All right, that's it, guys. All right. Hey, you know what? We'll see you next week here on what's what's the show called here, Marcus? It is two. The number two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage, guys. We'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh hammer on. Have a good week, guys. All right. Later.